0: Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. Amen. 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 Thank you all. Thank you, worship team. Thank you. Thank you for joining me here. Thank you. So, good morning, everybody. If you just joined us, welcome to Living Springs. If you just joined us, welcome to Living Springs Life Broadcast today. Today is Father's Day. Hallelujah. Woo! Nobody's excited. Today Woo! is Father's Day. You know, we have like one million mothers' day. But today is Father's Day. I have a quote. I have a quote I wanted to read it for fathers. Um, I ne- and Sorry, where's my phone? I saved it there. Thank you. Can someone just please bring my phone for me quickly? I have a... F- Quote that I want to read for fathers before I jump into the world. Today, we are going to, if you've been following our series, our broadcast, you'll discover that on Thursday Fix and all our messages for the past couple of weeks have been connected. Thank you. Thank you. Have been connected to sanctification. Sanctification, how you can live a holy life on earth. Hallelujah. Amen. A holy life, a life that God desires for you to live. So, this morning I'll be continuing that message. But before that, I want to just read a quote for the fathers. You know, men are getting to a, there's an extent where men are getting to a place where they are feeling this ground tools. Men are feeling they are not appreciated enough, especially the good men. So we are doing all these things, and it seems the world is against us. But the thing I'm saying now, a lot of men cannot voice it out. If you voice it out, they say you are complaining. Because that's the way men have been brought up. But I want to tell you men, you fathers, that you are loved. You are extremely loved. You are loved by God. And you are loved by your congregation. You are loved by your family, your immediate congregation. So if you are at home and you are with your daddy, just send them a message. Say, Daddy, I love you. Thank you for all that you are, all that you've done. And if you think you've had an abusive father, God expects that you reconcile with him. Praise God. It's what God expects of you. Praise God. So this quote is for fathers. Ravi Zachariah said, duty is the handmaiden of love and honor. It is doing that which is right rather than that which is convenient. Fathers, in fact, the failure of duty generally amputates somebody else's right. So, when a father doesn't do what he's supposed to do, somebody's right to life, somebody's right to live the life that God's Wants him to live is generally amputated. He says, but duty, as fathers, duty recognizes a cause greater than oneself. As men and as fathers, we have the, a duty before God and man to do what is right, not just right, what is honourable, not just what is honourable, but what is sacrificial. So, fathers, I want to tell, let you know today that, surely, the fathers of Living Springs, your sacrifices and your honour and your duties appreciated. We love you. We appreciate you so much. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we dive quickly into the world since I've greeted the men of valor of the house. Okay, today I'm going to be speaking on walking uprightly. Walking uprightly. Praise God. Hallelujah. Quiet. No pressure. You can, you can leave now so that you're not under a lot of pressure preaching with me. Praise God. So, Lee, walking uprightly. Walking uprightly. Praise God. To walk uprightly, you know, when as Christians, when we hear walking uprightly or walking perfectly, what comes to mind is that a life that no one makes any mistakes and all that. That is correct because the English dictionary actually defines perfection as something that is complete, something that's complete, something that's absolute. Another definition says, Having all the required and desirable elements, qualities, or characteristics. Semicolon. As good as it is supposed to be. Praise God. But the interesting thing is that whatever you think perfection is, or whatever you know perfection to be, that is what God has called us into as Christians. I will show you from scripture. And I will show you how to... Walk uprightly. Another title for this message can be You Too Can Live the God Kind of Life. You Too Can Live the God Kind of Life. So I will dive quickly into scripture because we don't have a lot of time on our hands. I'll read from Genesis 17, verse 1. Genesis 17, verse 1. It's simple. God was speaking to Abraham. At that time, he was Abram. And God said to him, And God said to him, sorry, he said, I'm just going there quickly. If you are there with your your Bible, say amen. Type amen in the comments. Amen. 17 from verse 1. He says, when Abraham was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Lord. I am the almighty God walk and live before me and be perfect. The Amplified Version says, blameless, wholehearted, and complete. It says, walk and live before me and be what? And be perfect. As I was studying for this message, generally, you know, I I read that sentence again. And if you read it, you would say, walk before me and be perfect so when you are walking before me be perfect but no that is not entirely what it means it it, it means that in one way but if you read it properly you discover that it is the walk with God that brings with perfection so read it with that context in mind walk before me and be perfect so the prerequisite or the way to attain perfection is the walk praise God Why am I teaching, talking about this now? Because a lot of people put the cat before the horse. They think that um, your your perfect walk is is just independent of itself. So, um, 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 God has called me and I want to walk perfect. No. It says walk before me. And if you understand what walk before me in that context means in the original Hebrew, it means stay, abide in my presence hallelujah abide where in my presence let me and you let our face let's walk talk face to face that's what walk before me means stay with me face to face walk with me and you if you read earlier in in genesis scripture says and enoch walked with god and he was not for god took him so it means that it meant in that it that abraham's grandfather it means that what happened was that Enoch had so, a, a, a such a close relationship with God that God said, ah, let me not leave this guy on the earth again. I've, I, I enjoy fellowshipping with this guy so much. So God took him. It was not recorded that Enoch died. In the same way, God was talking to Abraham. He was Abram here when he was 90 years old. And he said, walk before me and you will be perfect. I will explain to you why that was said. Because if you read from, verse, from chapter 12, God called Abraham to leave Haran in chapter 12 of Genesis. And you'll discover that up from verse chapter 12 up to chapter 17, in chapter 16, he had Ishmael. God had given him a promise and in a bit to fulfill the promise of God. What did Abraham do? Abraham did everything as he knew how to do. He went to Egypt, he said he lied that his wife was his sister. And because of that, he got a lot of favor and got very rich. He he wanted to help God accomplish the promise of the son. And him and, and, and his wife, in conjunction with Sarah, had Ishmael. So at the end of chapter 16, when Ishmael was born, God said, no, 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 no. I have to perfect this guy's walk. I have to perfect this guy. And I have to teach him the way of perfection, like his grandfather understood. And Verse 17, chapter 17, verse 1, he says, walk before me and be perfect. When he was 90 years old. Immediately after chapter 17, if you study Genesis very well, you will discover that everything Abraham did was in total reliance on God. And so that's why in Hebrews, they could say, and Abraham trusted God, believed God, and it was counted to him as what? As righteousness, because when he understood that men, guys, the way for perfection or the way to attain this promise of God is not by my own understanding or how I know how to do things to get wealthy. Rather, it is by walking with God. So you discover when even Abraham made a mistake again with Abimelech, and he wanted to do what he did in Egypt, in chapter fifteen or chapter 14, and he said Sarah was his wife, God had to appear to Abimelech and tell Abimelech, even before Sarah even stayed in Abimelech's harem, God told Abimelech, appeared to Abimelech and said, Guy, so you, you, you you are touching a bad thing. You want to touch a bad thing. And Abimelech said, Father, so because of this small mistake, you want to kill everybody. And God told Abimelech that Abraham was a prophet. That was the first place that God referred to Abraham. As a prophet, hallelujah! Hallelujah. So we must understand that. Point number one: understand that the Christian walk with God brings perfection and blamelessness in your character and lifestyle. Because it's a scriptural principle, by strength shall no man prevail. Everything you we've gotten, we've gotten by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Don't put the cat before the horse, walk with God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Type amen in the comments hallelujah amen so let me go quickly i will just r- race through scripture i'll race through scripture psalms 84 verse 11 let's run there psalms 84 verse 11 i like to give background before we read the scripture so that you understand the context in which i'm going to conclude this message psalm 84 verse 11 says the lord is a son and shield the lord will give grace and glory he will Withhold no good thing from those that walk uprightly. The word in the Hebrew used uprightly there is the same as the word used in Genesis 17 verse 1 where God told Abraham to be perfect. Interesting thing, I did a study about on on Psalms 84. You will discover that Psalm 84 was not written by David. It was written by David's musicians, the sons of Korah, who committed a, 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 a treason against God earlier in scripture and if you read all through psalm 84 you will discover that it talks about the beauty of dwelling in god's presence and the benefits of dwelling with god's presence how dwelling in god's presence aligns a man's work and makes a man's way prosperous makes a man's character become perfect and blameless and turns around the situations around every man's life by dwelling in god's presence so we'll just quickly read Maybe two or three verses from Psalms 84. Psalm 84 verse 1. It says, How lovely are your tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul yearns, yes, even pines, and is homesick for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out and sing for joy to the living God. Let us jump to verse 4. Blessed, happy. Fortunate to be envied are those who dwell in your house and your presence. They will be singing your praises all day long. Blessed, happy is the man whose strength is in you. Whose hearts are highways to Zion. Verse 6 says, he will pass through the valley of Baca. That's in the Old in, 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 in New King James Version. But Baca means weeping. He will pass through the valley of weeping. And they make it a place of springs. And the rain, early rain also fills the pools with blessings. What I'm trying to tell you today is that to work uprightly with God, to align your character, you have that bad habit. It seems like things are not going well with you. Your character doesn't align with what God, with your sanctified calling. All you need to do is to... Create an atmosphere or create a habit where you abide in God's presence. Where you abide in God's presence. Psalm 84, verse 7 says, They grow from strength to strength, each as each increasing in victory, in victorious power, as each of them appears before God in Zion. Hallelujah. Let me now rush to the New Testament because you know I like to do Old Testament and New Testament. So before Jesus came, people understood this that the perfection of the walk and the blameless lifestyle comes from soaking yourself, basking yourself in God's presence. So in Acts 17, in Acts 17 Paul was in Athens teaching. He was trying to teach the Stoic and Epicurean philosophers about this God that he knows, the, the, the Judeo-Christian God. And in Acts 17, verse 28, he said, For in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. And he was talking to them, he said, For we are, your, some of your poets say that we are his offspring. We are his offspring. The Living Bible says, For in him we live, move, and are. In him we are. In him, our our whole existence is made and consists and composes of. As your poets say, we are sons of God. As your poets say, we are sons of God. So, are you a Christian here listening to this broadcast? Are you born again, whitewashed by the blood of the Lamb? One of the things you have to remember is that you are a son of God and you must live in him, move, and you must have your being in him to attain that sanctified lifestyle. To be all that God has called you to be. Not just in word, but in deed. Rush quickly to Colossians. Remember the book of Colossians was written to the church in Colossae. To make sure that strange doctrines, Greek and funny doctrines, don't infiltrate the church. So in Colossians 2 verse 9, I read 9 and 10, and we'll read Colossians 3 read Colossians 3 extensively and will round up. Sorry, my time is almost up. I am aware of that. Hallelujah. Colossians, Colossians, yes thank you. Colossians 2 verse 9 it says for I'm reading the amplified version. He says, For in him the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead continues to dwell in bodily, in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him. So tap your chest wherever you are and say, I am in him. Say, I am in him. I am in him, made full, and having come to the fullness of life in Christ. And you too, filled with the Godhead. You too, filled with the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have reached full spiritual stature. And he is the head and ruler. And he is the head of all rule and authority of angelic principality and power. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands but in a spiritual circumcision performed by Christ, stripping off the body of flesh, the whole corrupt, carnal nature with his passions and lusts. Why am I reading that? I'm reading that to read chapter 3. I'm reading that to tell you that you have a nature that gives you the capacity to live as God wants. You have been endued with the capacity, the ability, the Holy Spirit to live and to to, to discipline and put your flesh, your body, your mind, your passion, your lust under subjection. You have to put them under subjection. You have the capacity to do that. You have the capacity to break those orgies. You have to have the capacity to break that hate in your heart. You have the capacity to take away that unforgiveness in your heart. You have to, the capacity and ability to, to break that, 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 that stealing, that loss. For some people, that baby boy lifestyle, you have the capacity to break it off because in you is the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him, who is the head of all spiritual, all principality and power. Hallelujah. Colossians 3. Let's read Colossians 3 quickly from verse 1. It says, If then you are raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. How, some people ask me, Pastor, Reverend, how do I live as God wants me to live? Number one, your mindset must shift from temporary things, temporary philosophies to heavenly things. Your mindset must shift. You must, you must deliberately work on it. Shifting your mindset, That understanding that if you are raised with Christ, your focus must be on heavenly things. Some people will say, Pastor, I'm hungry. Pastor, things are not going well for me. Why do you want me to focus on heavenly things now that I need to focus more on my business or these things? I'm not saying don't focus on your business, but the the understanding that you must come with is that you are you are your God is your source. God is your is your enabler. Hallelujah. God is what? Your enabler. What God does for you and focusing on God, maybe you are struggling with lust or you are struggling with, with, with an addiction. Anytime you feel that urge, remind yourself, say, I am born of God. Pastor Obey was talking about it on Thursday. I am born of, I'm born of God. I have overcome the world. I have overcome these urges. This thing, you have no power over me. You talk to yourself to the point that you talk to yourself, not, not just positive thinking, but a a, a confession that is based on the word of god confess your the character of your new nature to yourself remind yourself of it i am born of god i have overcome this world i'm born of god i've overcome this addiction i'm born of god i've overcome pornography i'm born of god i've overcome wife beating i'm born of god i put my anger on that subjection hallelujah hallelujah Verse 2, it says, and set your mind on what is above, not on the things that are on the earth. And the problem is that a lot of us are so engrossed in looking at what is on the earth. Our mind is not fixed. We are so distracted. Our mind is not fixed on what is above. Our mind is fixed on things that are earthly. Your minds are fixed on social media. You have self-esteem issues because you are looking on Instagram and comparing yourself to a celebrity. You are, you, are, you are comparing yourself to the lifestyle of people taking their good moments and posting it. He said, but the Bible says, no, no, no. Set your mind on things that are above. Who does God say you are? What is the testimony of God about you? Which report will you believe? Some people say you are good for nothing. Some people say you can amount to no good. Some people have called you barren. But what or who does God say you are? None shall be barren in the land. I will just jump. My time is up. I will just jump to read verse 5. Please study Colossians 3 very well at home. Verse 5. He so killed. The evil desire locking in your members, those animal impulses, and all that is earthly in you, that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sexual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness that is idolatry, the defying of self. Pastor Be was preaching on Thursday and said, if all you think about is yourself, you're a baby, even if you're a pastor or a bishop or whatever you are, the only person you think of, if the thing does not go your way, you're angry, you are throwing a, throwing a tantrum. It shows your, your childish nature in the things of the spirit. When was the last time you interceded for somebody else? Father bless me, Father bless me. Father blesses you, you are blessed. Father bless me, Father bless me again. When was the last time you, 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 you put yourself back and put Jesus forth? And put the, the needs of others forth? When was the last time you did that? Say something happens in church and the office. they're not doing. They're not doing this in me. not life. Is not about all about you. It is on verse six says it's on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Okay, let me just read quickly. Let me jump to verse sixteen because I'm rounding up now okay let me just talk on this quickly in verse 11 it says in this new creation all distinctions vanish there is no room and there can be neither Greek nor Jew circumcised nor uncircumcised nor difference between nations and aliens barbarians or Scythians or sightians and who are the most savage of all nor slave nor free man but Christ is all in all I want to use this to address global happenings you cannot be a Christian and be a racist, it is not of God. You cannot be a Christian and be a tribalist. You get a political appointment, and the only the criteria for hiring people, or you for hiring people in your office or letting your, your house out to people is the tribe they are from or the race they are. It is ungodly. God abhors it. God abhors it. You can also be a Christian and see injustice and keep quiet. Because the scripture says, what kind of fast do I require from you? Is it the kind of fast? No, your fast is about caring for the needy, caring for the widow, caring for the poor, caring for the the, disadvantage. You cannot enable systemic tribalism or racism and say you are a Christian. The urge to do that, no matter how, the urge to break that off is by walking in the presence of God okay quickly verse 16 let the word of god it was now ending he said let the word of god richly dwell in your hearts let the word spoken by christ the messiah have its home in your heart let it build a mansion in your heart and in your mind not just in your heart in your mind in your mental faculty how you process things and dwell in you in all its richness as you teach, as you admonish and train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom. Singing psalms and spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord. This morning I round up with this. You can live an upright life. You too can live the life that God wants you to live. You too, no matter where you are, if you are not born again listening to this broadcast, you can come to this side. You can accept God's forgiveness. You can accept his salvation given to you in Christ Jesus. And all these, all these vices, all these things you struggle with, as you walk with him, you will become perfect. You will become blameless. You know, scripture further goes to say, we know in part, we understand in part, but when that which is perfect comes, that which is in part will be done away with. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that even in the part you understand, the part of him you see, the part of him you become like, that part has the ability to be made perfect as, as, as he comes into you. And to be made perfectly perfect when Jesus comes, when we are raptured, when the saints will be with him. You too can live the life God wants you to live. I want you just close your eyes. I want you just pray. Say, Lord, I have had a rough week. I want you don't pray, don't pray um, academic prayers to God. God knows who you are. God knows where you are. He knows those things that the fine cloth you were supposed to wear to church today would have covered. He even knows more than your wife or your husband. He knows those things you are thinking that you cannot tell them. Those times you insult them in your mind that you can't tell them. But say, Lord, I come to you just as I am. I receive the ability to live as you want me to live. I walk in this consciousness that that your presence can make me perfect a walk with you. That my testimony will be like that of Enoch. That Lord, in my lifetime, it, my testimony should be like, will be like that of Enoch. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. That my te- the testimony of my friends, the testimony of my business partners, the testimony of my associates, the testimony of those who know me, the testimony of my co-workers, the testimony of my children and their children after them, will be that our granddad, our dad was a friend of God. Let's just pray for our fathers today. Today is Father's Day. And there's nothing that prayer cannot do. I don't know wherever who your father is or what you feel about your dad. But I want you to pray for him today in love. I don't know those who are harboring anger, resentment. Some people feel that their father has dealt them a wrong hand. And they can't talk to him. Some people are not in talking terms with their, their dads or the father figure in their lives. I want you to pray for them today. Scripture says, pray for one another that you might be healed. Pray for one another that you might be healed. Librani and Daladabusia, we pray for our fathers. We pray that our dads will arise and take their place. For those who have already taken their place, we ask that they will be strengthened with strength by your spirit in their inner man. That our boys, our men, our young adults, we come into their rest their responsibility. That the scourge of Of gender-based violence, the scourge of rape, the scourge of robbery, the scourge of injustice will be quelled in our land as our fathers rise to take their place, as our men of valor are enabled, as our women arise and take their place, as our children are trained as God wants them to be trained in Christ alone our hope is found he is a light, a strength, a song, this cornerstone, this solid ground. Firm through the fiercest droughts and storms, what heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving sea. My comforter, my all in all, Yeah, in the love of Christ I stand. No guilt in life, no fear in death, that's the Christian life, that is the power of Christ in me, from life as Christ. Final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We ask that this will be our testimony. This will be our testimony in Jesus' name. Have we prayed? Amen. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Godful podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and YouTube at cjmy underscore L-Springs.